and Jim Harbaugh gets his win over Ohio State. Michigan defeats Ohio State 42 to 27. Finally. Carr was looking at him. Now he goes the other side. Down the field to Zay Jones. That's going to generate another flag on Anthony Brown for the fourth time today. He's flagged for pass interference. And the Raiders are in position with that penalty to win the game. Ant off the feed. And Anthony Edwards showed that Ant can kill. Absolutely destroy Gabe Vincent on that play. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, and that's sports and beer. I am Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, here as always with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Ballin', Ben Larson. What's going on yes, tonight, sir. Ben? Man, I didn't even know when to come in at that one. I, you didn't get any yos from me in the background there. I didn't. That was like a like an entrance uh, to a basketball game. The players running out on the court. Uh, hey, we coming with it. We, maybe there we should we get that Bulls music right there. There. But how you go. doing? How you doing tonight, man? How you doing? I'm this, doing good, this man. Doing good. Holiday all, weekend. Uh, yeah, all rest and relaxed. Took the last nine days off, so getting ready to to hop back on that grind. Getting to uh, to Christmas time. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you take your your first sip of a huge beer tonight, and uh, man, that was quite the face there. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to hearing about that one. But uh, but good, had a good Thanksgiving. <sighs> Fucking watched a horrible football game tonight that was flexed. Oh. I don't know what the NFL was doing on that. Um, but yeah, mm. good good sports this week. Uh, caught those fights last night. Thank you for uh, reminding me about those and. Uh, yeah, man. Can't complain. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, man. I'm doing great, man. Doing great uh, with holiday weekends and weeks comes great sports usually. So, I mean, it started with some excellent basketball. We had Gonzaga versus UCLA early on mm-hmm. in the week. Then we had Zaga Duke on Friday. Crazy game. Followed yep. up with some great college football. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh finally getting his uh, win over Ryan Day in Ohio State. You mentioned the fights. You mentioned the stinker of Sunday night game that we had to close our weekend off with. Yeah, like, what was the rough. fuck is going on? That was rough. But before we get started, Ben, I, I do have to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a big USC fan, so I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge, acknowledge the hiring of Lincoln Riley as the next head football coach of USC. Um, on Friday night, after Ohio Iowa State beat TCU to wrap up their season, there were rumors circulating around the internet that Matt Campbell was going to be the next head football coach. And as a lifelong fan, dude, I was devastated, bro. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I was like, dude, if this is a hire, we're going to be looking for another head coach in three years. It's not that he's not a good coach, but he's just like a mediocre coach. He's never beaten his in-state rival in Iowa. He's sub 500 versus top 25 teams. And his, his team actually had expectations. Remember, Ben, we saw that we watched that Iowa versus Iowa State game. You were here yeah. in Vegas. We watched it. They were four-point favorites. They were supposed to win that game. They were going to be anchor. 
yeah, they were horrible. And like, I don't want that kind of guy. Then yeah. today the news broke that Lincoln Riley was going to be, he informed his staff at Oklahoma that he was going to be the head coach. So obviously we knew it was real. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this is a guy that we didn't even, we never heard any rumors of because he's the head coach at Oklahoma and Oklahoma's never had a coach leave Oklahoma for another program. They either retire yes. at Oklahoma or they die at Oklahoma. They don't go to other programs. So the fact that he came to USC, this is a huge hire. Mike Bond, USC athletic director, hit this one out of the fucking park, dude. There could not have been a better hire. He's walking into a program, 11 national titles, following the footsteps of legendary head coaches like John McKay, Pete Carroll. All I got to say, Ben, is USC is back, baby. Fight on. I'm glad you're stoked because that means absolutely nothing to me. So, woohoo! <laughs> um, good for USC. It'll mean a lot to a lot of our that, listeners because college football happy about that. College football is better when USC is good. That's because you are a USC fan. But they're a historic program. They're one of the biggest they're one but of the top that's four only programs because in football. you're a usc fan no i'm talking like history like yeah they have that prominence of the alabamas the oklahomas they won 11 national titles there's only two other programs in in the nation that have won more well there we go there we go good for usc bad Huge for stanford for USC. so not uh not good for me well, I mean, but let's be honest, what do I ben, care? Stanford doesn't really care about football. Like, yeah, football is like secondary to them, dude. What do I care? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, st- I'm glad you're stoked. But I I'm am. stoked. And I'm drinking good beer. beer. Yeah. I'm stoked to hear about beer. Um, so for <laughs> we, we let you get your rant in. Um, uh, <laughs> that wasn't a rant. That was a, uh, I don't know what it, a monologue. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, rant, rant. I guess wasn't a good word, but uh, but yeah, I got to talk about beer. Um, so that's the other half of this podcast is uh, is reviewing and uh, kind of giving our ratings on some beers. So each week, Jordan and I are going to be drinking two beers. Uh, we got some special ones for tonight since we've uh, kind of passed through Thanksgiving and onto uh, onto the Christmas season. So uh, we're going to be talking about those in a little bit. Um, but we want to let you guys know about beer. Um, we both kind of have a, a love for beer now, especially after we've been doing this for what, like almost, a, you know, just over a year and a quarter. Um, so it's been a ton of fun to be drinking these beers, reviewing these beers, but really we want you to get out there. We want you to support those local breweries, grab some beers, spend some time in the tap room, go to a bottle shop. I got a, I got a shout out Maplewood today because both of the beers I had planned on, um, yeah, they both had lactose in it. Um, so I could not go that route. Um, so I had to run over to my bottle shop really quick and, you know, my boy, Peter helped me out and, uh, and I got some, I got some great beers for tonight. So I'm stoked about these, but, uh, that's what we want you guys to do is go try some beers, um, enjoy some can art, you know, hopefully the beer is just as good as a can art, go to your brewery, grab a four pack, uh, they've got some great stuff out there right now and everything's changing. So try something new, try something you didn't used to like, you might love it. Um, that's definitely been the case for, uh, for me. So we'll talk about our first beers and then uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll go through our second. So what's your first one tonight? Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned we're coming out of Thanksgiving, heading towards Christmas. So, you know, Ben and I kind of were like, 
you know, this is a perfect time to like get into a, you know, a stout show, like a, a holiday festive beer type show, um, you know, tried. moving forward, moving forward towards Christmas. Well, I mean, your, I mean, your beers give things. So, I mean, it, mm. it has some, it does make sense. You know I mean? It, it fits the theme of tonight, Ben. There we go. Uh, but I'm going to be drinking for my first beer. And I didn't realize this was such a high percentage until you asked me the percentage before we came on air. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. I can't believe I'm about to do this. <laughs> this is the No Request by Stone's Throw Brewing Company. Short collaboration. Throw. Short, Short throw, throw, I'm sorry. In collaboration with Three Sons Brewing Company. This is their Imperial Stout Double Pastry. It's a chocolate Imperial Stout toasted with uh, coconut cocoa nibs and rich coffee and you can definitely taste the cocoa dude like very first sip it tastes like raw cocoa like you know that flavor of like just raw cocoa it doesn't it has like that weird distinct flavor you can definitely taste it uh so i'm interested to see how this one you know how it drinks throughout the entire process first sip was a little tough it was very, it's very heavy, dude, as you <laughs> yeah. can imagine. At an 11.7. Yeah, I'd say and so. And it's, and it's thick with, and rich, rich in uh, bold flavors. So this one's going to be interesting to drink. Probably something that you don't want to drink, like while having a meal. This is like a dessert style, Absolutely. I would, I would say. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to drink this one. I should have saved this one for, for a second. I didn't realize how thick and heavy it was going to be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you don't get through it, uh, through this first, uh, first bit, you can always come back to it at the end. That's a good thing about stouts. That's so, true. Oh yeah. Mine, uh, my first beer of the night is, uh, as Jordan mentioned, it's called give thanks. And this is from Alvarado street brewery. Uh, Alvarado is out of, uh, uh, kind of that Monterey Salinas area here in California. Um, where, where was yours from? Uh, stone throw or, uh, short throw. I'm pretty sure is from San Diego. Uh, I'm almost positive it's San Diego, dude. Oh, North Haven, Connecticut. I was way <laughs> off. Samsonite. <laughs> hey, whatever. Um, that's why I got to ask. That's why I got to ask. Um, so mine is is a local beer for me. This is a uh, double IPA uh, coming in at, uh, and it's a Northeast style double IPA uh, coming in at uh, 8%. Um, so definitely not as heavy as... Uh, as Jordan's here, but something that I, I love about this beer is it's, it's totally about Thanksgiving. Um, first off, it's got the uh, Norman Walk, Rockwell uh, Freedom from Want can art on there. So definitely love that, uh, that Thanksgiving picture. And it's, does it taste uh, like turkey though? It does not taste like turkey and I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is uh, something cool about this. So it's, it is just like a Thanksgiving feast where everything is just thrown together together um so you've got nine different grains coming in here 11 different hops and it's fermented with three yeast strains so it literally is everything on the thanksgiving dinner table thrown all together um so first sip is is great it's uh it's definitely creamy it's thick um and uh it does kind of have a a hoppy onset here so i'm looking looking forward to going through this whole uh whole pint here and quickly before we get into sports, yes, sir. Your top five Thanksgiving dishes. Oh, top five Thanksgiving dishes, man. Um, start at five. Start at five. Five. Uh, five will go wine. 
He's always got to have one. Okay. Sure. All right. I uh, like that. I like the start. <laughs> Starting with okay. one. Okay. Um, four, I'm going to go with uh, mashed potatoes. Three, I'm going to go with. Ooh. Three, I'm going to go with stuffing. Two, I'm going to go with turkey. And number one is going to be pumpkin pie. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit because I liked your list. So five, I'm going to go mashed potatoes. Okay. Four, stuffing. Three, I'm going sweet potatoes. Oh, okay. Two, I'm going turkey. And one, I'm going wine. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You always got to have wine on Thanksgiving. It's like a, it's a given. I, to be honest, I'm a huge beer fan, beer drinker did not have a single beer on thanksgiving I, so. neither did i dude i didn't I drink a, a single beer on thanksgiving i had a lot of i didn't I actually i only had like half a bottle of wine with sheree and then i also killed like half a turkey dude it felt like so <laughs> <laughs> i was asleep at like 9 30 dude there we go but I'm going to remember this. I'm going to ask this. So our show before Christmas, we're going to have a Christmas feast top five. And obviously okay. with Christmas, there's different different meals for most people. A lot of people have ham on Christmas. I don't know if, I don't if you're one that, of those people. So. Nope. All right. Well, you know, that's got, why we're going to have these I, top five lists. Be I got a special one and I am in charge of it this year. So I'm actually stoked. I'm, I'm taking over the family tradition from uh, grandma. So Ooh. I'm stoked for it. I'm stoked nice, for it. You'll dude. have to wait and find out what it is, though. Nice. And I, I also want to throw out honorable mention. All of Thanksgiving leftovers is a good one, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised rolls wasn't on my list. Like, oh, there's a lot you could have put on there. Cranberry sauce. It's all cranberry there. sauce. Another one, dude. But it's time to hop into some football, Ben. Yep. And this is why we're he is part of the reason, majority of the reason why we're here is to talk some sports. So another interesting week of NFL football this week. Um, first thing first, Thursday night Thursday games were kind of dog shit. We started off with the Bears uh, Lions game. It was all right. The Lions should have blown them out. They made a, I mean, the Bears should have blown them out. They made a ton of fucking mistakes, dude. They ended up yep. being a three point game. And then uh, obviously the Sunday night game was awful, which we kind of predicted on APR. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? We thought it was going to be awful. And then the Dallas-Las Vegas Raiders game was good. A lot of penalties, but it was a closer game. But the biggest thing I took away from this game, and I I, I shot it to you yesterday on Saturday. Yep. Um, we're recording this Sunday. I was like, 28 million people watched the Raiders-Cowboys um, game, which is the largest game watched since 1990 for a regular season game. Huge. Absolutely massive, dude. And I think that and, just kind of shows how big of a following Dallas has because I don't necessarily think it was the Raiders that well, were the Raiders that are were a big in. fan base too. They they are. Uh they've got LA, they've got Oakland, they've got Las Vegas now. But I mean, I don't necessarily think people would be going out of their way to watch Las Vegas. I think you know, you get you get the turkey, you know, turkey day crowd, you get you know, I guess a, a decent amount from Las Vegas, but man, the Dallas Cowboys following is incredible. They're well, literally they're, everywhere. Well, the Cowboys, I mean, they're America's team for a reason. They definitely have the biggest fan base in America, but I mean, the Raiders are definitely like a top five fan base in the NFL, dude. Like yeah. they have diehards from all around the country, though. It's not just Vegas. It's not just LA. It's not just Oakland. Like 
these motherfuckers are everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's similar to the Cowboys. Yeah. And I think a big part too was, you know, people wanting to see how Vegas is going to do with all of their off field antics this year. Like uh, people, people are definitely questioning it the way that they've played the last couple of weeks before, you know, beating Dallas here, uh, which I was absolutely shocked on. Um, I thought Dallas was going to take that and run, but uh, they like, had a uh, CD lamb, Amari Cooper out. They had too yep. many injuries, dude. Yeah. Um, Zeke wasn't at a hundred percent either there. Um, Apple's but, never uh, at a hundred percent. That's true. Um, but <laughs> like, I, I think that was probably a big draw too. And people wanting to, uh, I mean, see Vegas. I don't, I don't want to say lose, but see what they're, you know, the hardships that they're facing with all the stupid shit that they're, you know, old players are doing off the field. Well, I also, I think the great thing about Thanksgiving and Christmas too, is like you can build family traditions. I know it sounds kind of weird, but you know, family tradition for my family on Thanksgiving was, you know, Early on in my life, my grandpa would play golf on Thanksgiving morning. Then we'd come home. When I got older, I would play golf with him. And then we would come home and have, like, brunch. I'm, I'm talking, like, 6 a.m. tea time, dude, like, when the Yikes. sun gets out. Maybe not beautiful. And then we would get home, and we would – we usually would miss, like, the first quarter of the Lions game. But then we would watch the Lions game. And then we would watch the Cowboys game. And as I got older, my grandpa would fall asleep during the Cowboys game. And we'd wake up in time for Thanksgiving dinner. But it becomes tradition. And I feel like it's a lot of that way for a lot of families, dude. And uh, on Christmas, same thing with basketball. Like, a lot of families, they watch basketball on on Christmas. That's that's what's on. Yeah, That's what's on in football. And I feel like, you know, especially with betting getting more popular – I can't even imagine how much money was wagered on Thursday. Oh, I'm sure it was incredible and probably a lot, a lot of money lost on Thursday, you know, with oh. the scores being so close in these, you know, in these two games. And then the well, I think only money was football. really lost on that Cowboys game. Cause I think a, a lot of the public thought that Cowboys were going to win. I well, mean, yeah, I, but 71% people, of tickets were on the bills on, on Thursday night. Yeah. But people also thought Chicago was going to beat Detroit by more than two. Detroit I mean, a lot game. of people had a uh, Detroit. A lot of people had Detroit money line though. Like seventy percent of tickets were on Detroit money line. Yeah, they had them winning outright. So that was a that was a blow. That was good for the books, but that Bills game just destroyed them because like <laughs> something like seventy one or seventy. It was more than seventy percent had fucking the Bills winning that game yeah. and covering the spread, and they absolutely destroyed the spread. Um, which brings me to another thing, dude, because. We saw really starting Thursday and just continued throughout the week. And it's been a reoccurring theme here throughout the season. I, I really have beginning to really start taking notice on today, though. I was just thinking, like, to my in my head, I was like, dude, honestly, I bet 16 to 18 teams would replace their quarterback right now, tomorrow, if they could. Uh, I'd probably put 10 on there. Um, nah, well, I mean, you could take you gotta, out like you've got, you could take out the Trevor Lawrence's, you could take out the Zach Wilson's, you could take out the rookie yeah. quarterback teams, obviously. Yeah, but the Cleveland Browns of the world they need a new quarterback. They're literally, dude, Baker Mayfield is not him. No, Carolina Panthers, dude, Cam Newton was fucking dog shit. Yeah, 
This one was out here saying, I'm back. He comes out and he's two for, I don't even, or five for 21. Had two interceptions. I mean, yep. the dude looked like shit. And yep. honestly, he's looked like shit since those first two touchdowns he had against Arizona. Uh, and yep. I, it's just like on and on, just so much bad quarterback play. The Saints really got it kicked off on. I mean, the Bears obviously have Justin Fields. The Lions, obviously, they need a new quarterback in, with Jerry Goff back there. He's not yeah. their future. Um, But the Saints, dude, like, they have a great defense, but they have a dog. Dude, Trevor Simeon sucks. Well, yeah, but Trevor Simeon wasn't supposed to be their starting QB. They were even supposed James to have Winston. Winston. But, I mean, Winston was – I mean, they won their first couple games. They were at least playing better than – They are playing they better, but playing he's not like recently. their future. He is – how far is Jameis Winston going to really get you on a team? Maybe with, to the playoffs? He'd definitely get them to the playoffs. With a, a full roster, you know, their defense is, is you know, again, it's, it's tough to say because with a good offense comes a good defense. When your defense isn't on the field the whole time, that defense is a hell of a lot better than they're playing. Yeah, you um, can't go three and out every fucking possession. Dude. Exactly. Like, you can you, have the best defense in the world, but at, at some point when your defense is playing fucking 80% of the time, dude, it's it's not good. Yep. If you had a healthy Michael Thomas, if you had a healthy uh, Alvin Kamara this whole year, like that would be a completely different offense with Winston behind it. I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I think uh, Simeon is not good. He's definitely not the, the future. Neither is... Um, Oh my God. Tight end QB, uh, Taysom Hill. Um, you know, he's, he's not their answer. I think Winston could definitely grow into being their answer, but he's not going to be, you know, a Drew Brees like they've had in the past. And he's always going to be compared to Drew Brees until they get some young gun to keep in mind. Drew Brees was like a Jameis Winston before he came to the saints. He was a, he was a gunslinger. Like he had a lot of turnover issues. And Sean Payton really changed him and molded him into a quarterback. I mean, Sean Payton is one of those few guys that I do trust. Like, okay, maybe this is an answer, but but I still think that there's better answers out there. Like, for example, if they were to get, like, a top five pick, you know, they would probably look at drafting a quarterback. They wouldn't say, like, yeah. oh, we have Jameis here. We're good. You know, depending on who is on the board, probably like if they're in, if it's a huge position and need and there's a top prospect, obviously. Yeah. But I do think that quarterback would definitely be a position they would look at and say, wow, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, another one, Ben. Oh, huge. Like, yep. he, he looked 600 years old today, dude. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like he could he, not he, even throw the ball. And he physically looked that was going to be something that I was going to bring up later in the kind of like surprises of the week. Like it looked like he aged 10 years just this last week, like, or he forgot his, uh, what is it? Just for men, you know, treatment this week. And like, he looked like, you know, Santa Claus out there and he played like Santa Claus out there. Um, what was it like, uh, two interceptions, two fumbles, one turned over one he recovered, but like, he did not look good at all out there. It was, I mean, for a, for a team that has a decent defense, which they definitely didn't play today, like it's almost an embarrassment for their offense. They have, they have no run game. 
and they rely on Roethlisberger so much that just, it it literally does not make any sense. Well, their offensive line sucks. True, but, but still, on top, I mean, of, on, on top of that, like Ben sucks. Their offensive line sucks. They have good receivers, but it doesn't even matter because their quarterback can't even get them the ball. Yeah. And then, like, I don't mean to get off on the on the quarterback thing, but their defense isn't even that good either right now. Like, their secondary sucks. Well, again, you can't be good when you're going three and out the whole time, and that's, that's what's true. happening with, that's with absolutely true Roethlisberger there. Um, they've got a great, you know, running back in Najee Harris, and they're wasting him. They just wasted James Conner. And, and Connor goes to Arizona and looks fucking and good. Looks incredible. So, like, they need to make the switch now. Um, they don't well, have, they don't have anyone to switch. They don't have anybody switch yeah. with him. You, who Honestly, you it would probably be best for Haskins in there. Like, it doesn't. Nah. doesn't and this make is a sense. This is a unusual draft too because I do think that there's good quarterback prospects. However, I don't think there's like a like a, a quarterback that's like right now. Maybe not right now, but, I mean, there's guys like Matt Coral, Carson Strong, who I think can be good quarterbacks and can be future quarterbacks. I just don't know, like, obviously, I don't think they're going to step into the league and be great right away. But I do think this is a quarterback draft that benefits the Steelers because they're going to be drafting in, you know, like 15 to 20 range. So they're not going to be getting the top guy, whether it's Matt Coral or – I don't even know who people think Kyle uh, Pickett, the kid out of uh, Pittsburgh. Yep. But I do think that they're in a good position to grab a quarterback this year. And they obviously have more holes to fill than just quarterback. So it gives them time to build. So when that quarterback is ready, like second, third year, maybe they can be good. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you, ben, there, you can't go so another word. Any quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. You can't go another year, though, with Roethlisberger back there. But he's signed for another year. Yikes. <laughs> He'll probably he's gotta retire. I would think so, dude. Cause at this point he's just like he's just hurting his own um what's it his own legacy at this point, yeah. dude. Like he yeah. just looks terrible, bro. Like he doesn't even look like he belongs out there on the field. Yep. I'm shocked the, he didn't retire after last year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when you're making that much money, it's why tough. not go out there? Yeah. Why not go out there? So give me five teams that you think need are kind of in the top need for QBs and then I'll give another five more because there's at least 10. Oh man. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, I think Matt Ryan, I mean, I'll, that's another team that I think has a lot of issues, but I think Matt Ryan, it benefits them to go younger and grow mm-hmm. with a young quarterback and then let Matt Ryan go to like someone that's ready to win now. Yep. Um, I think the Minnesota Vikings, another team, I don't think Kirk cousins is the answer. Nope. He can't win games. He makes stupid ass turnovers. Um, he's just not the dude, bro. And yep. then I'm gonna say Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia has a great defense, dude. Jalen Hurts threw two, three interceptions today. When yep. the run game isn't good for the the Eagles, they're not good. And if they had a quarterback that can actually make plays throwing the ball and getting it to their weapons, they'd be a much better team, in my opinion. Um, then Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater. I think Drew Locke may be a good good enough quarterback, but you know we'll never know at this point. He hasn't done anything for the last what three years, so why would he? He's been decent though. Like he's been decent, but not not, not a team, not a QB that's going to be taking you to the playoffs. 
but I don't. They had an elite know, defense, and he couldn't do that. But they didn't have. They haven't had elite defense since he was a rookie. Because last year in 2020, they had a ton of injuries, and they had that one game where like they had to start a wide receiver at quarterback because all their quarterbacks had COVID. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know about Drew Locke. Like, he could be good. He could be dog shit. Like, he's been inconsistent. He's been up and down. He's shown flashes that he, he can be great, and he's shown flashes that he can't even be a backup. But we don't know because he doesn't get the opportunity because they'd rather trot out Teddy Bridgewater to – to do whatever the fuck he does. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's another team. Uh, that's three right there. That's five right there. You got Falcon or sorry, four right there. Val- Falcons, Vikings, Philly, and Denver. And then I would say Miami, although, although to attack of Viola has looked better of late. So I'm going to say the lions, obviously Jerry Goff, yeah. but again, that's another team that has like, you know, the 22 holes on their offense and defense that they need to fill. Yep. All right. Um, what are yours? I'm going to go with first, I think, Washington football team. I don't think Fitzpatrick is the answer, um, you know, especially with, you know, Heineke back there. Heineke is decent, um, but I don't think he's a legitimate starting QB that's going to get you to the playoffs. Um, they're, you know, I think they have – uh, with their defense healthy, I mean, I know it's tough with um, Chase Young out, but that defense should be elite. We, I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. They're definitely not playing up to their standards. They just brought in, you know, over the last They're two playing years, better two, though. They are playing better now, um, but I don't think Heineke or Fitzpatrick is is the answer there. Um, I think that's going to be a need a major change up. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the New York Giants. Um, I don't think... It's a good one. I don't think Daniel Jones will ever be what they expected him to be. It's taken, what, six overall? Yeah, that was taken stupid. Taken six overall in a, uh, you know, in a... And they tried know, to, like, lie to themselves about it, too. Yep. Like, oh, all these other teams wanted him, and then all these other teams are like, nah, we never had him on our draft board. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is... He, he's not what he should have been at least drafted at. I don't, they, they brought in the options for him this year and he hasn't, he hasn't really produced. I mean, you had, uh, even just today, you had Kenny Galladay with the top receiver being 50 yards. Um, and that is, you know, if you have someone like that, you really need to, you know, really need to get to the ball. They were playing the Philly defense and yeah, the Philly defense is all right, but they were only able to score 13 points and, you know, Jones only had 200 two yards that's not that's not enough um uh carolina sam darnold nope nope Nope. not at all not at all especially with great defense defense great defense um with you know cmc you're you're almost just wasting his years back there he's hurt again uh, yeah no i know but by bringing in darnold you you had that hope that he was going to be you know something great but he's he's definitely not there um I mean, we talked about it a little bit, and because you took a couple of my other teams, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Ben Ben is done, um, and he is, you know, he's, he's definitely he's done. Over the hill. He's definitely over the hill. Um, and then this last one's tough. After tonight's performance, I'd want to say Lambjack, but I know, you know, he is, you know, one of the elite, QBs because of his rushing capabilities. Um, 
but that was atrocious, absolutely atrocious for interceptions that were easy picks. And he wasn't even as bad as the dude he was going against. That's, That's a scary true. thing. Baker, Sam Baker could be another one on that list, but I don't think he's necessarily like we saw what he could do last year. Um, and he really did push that team. But he wasn't um, that good last year. It was a running game that was good last year. Running game was great, but it, it added that option. He he was good without OBJ in there. Um, I'll, I'll definitely give him that. Uh, I think another person, another team that needs to change things up. I'm going to say Seattle. Um, oh, shit. That's a hot take. I'm going to say Seattle. Russ is great, but Russ needs to change the scenery. He needs, he absolutely needs a change of scenery. They That's need a to, hot take alert. They need dude. to um they need to to get a QB that's not going to command such a high salary so they can they can spread themselves out because right now you've got two great wide receivers that in my opinion aren't getting the ball enough because Russ has to Russ has to move. He has to get out of the pocket and he's he's that's definitely kind of dropped though. down a little bit. Yeah, but he's he's kind of dropped down a little bit these last couple of years. Um, and I think that's I, I think he needs an elite offensive right. line in front of him so, so they can protect to, him a little bit more. To further compound your hot take, because I agree with you. I agree with the sense that maybe Seattle should look on moving him. I honestly I think it might be a year too late, but yeah. Ben, I agree with you because what made and and I kind of liked to compare this to the Pittsburgh Steelers situation because what made Ben Roethlisberger so good was his escapability, his act for, you know, going off script and making plays out of nowhere. And I feel like that's been Russell Wilson's strength. And now it feels like he can't do that as well. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's like, I don't know, he's like 34, 33 years old. He's definitely over 30, which is on the latter part of his career. And for a mobile quarterback, that that's pretty it's a long time, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's when yeah. quarterbacks usually start to decline. Yeah. And I think you could be very much onto something because we saw Russell Wilson start to decline last year, you know, the last half of the year, he had a couple of good games this year, but he's been hurt and been declining this year. I mean, you could yeah. very well be onto something, man. You very well could be onto something. Dude. I don't think he's done. I definitely don't think he's done, but I think he's kind of. Yeah. But for a quarterback like him, if you're like, Oh, he can't like he needs to stay in the pocket. Like that's taking away from what he's best at. Yeah. So, but not I think everybody if you have make that transition. I think if you had an elite offensive line, you know, then they could that could be an option for him because that gives him a little bit more time. Um, and I, the I just problem don't when you that. make that kind of money though is like you have to make up for areas that you can't spend money in. Yeah, and, and that's why you get judged harder, dude. Yep. That's true. That's what. Well, I'd rather have like an elite wide receiver than like three high paid, high uh, highest of the paid offensive linemen. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like like I said, look at Aaron Rodgers, dude. You yeah. know, Green Bay saved money on wide receivers. Basically, had a good offensive line for him. That's the truth. Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs, dude. They went and reinvested in their offensive line. Got rid of Sammy Watkins. And so we're seeing a little bit of of work going on there. But if you are high paid like these guys are as quarterbacks, 
we judge you harder because you have to make up for areas in your team where they can't spend because they're they're giving you thirty percent of their salary, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why you judge harder, dude, and and rightfully so. Yep. That's why uh, these quarterbacks should take a page out of Tom Brady's book and take less money, and maybe you could play till forty-four. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. Definitely. That's crazy. All right, before we hop into our uh, our top fives for this week, I do want to ask you about the Los Angeles Rams, Ben. You know, what's their what's their issue this year? Because we're talking about a team that added Odell Beckham Jr., Vaughn Miller, and now they're 0-3 yep. since since all of this, dude. Like, what do you think the problem is? It's uh I mean it, it's it's really interesting. Um I have no idea what the problem is. They've got a great offense. They've got a great defense. Uh, I think part of it is play calling because, I mean, we saw them uh, today. Just it, it baffled me at the end of the game here. You're down by what? Uh, what were they down by? 36-28 today. Yeah, but they and... were down at one point, like. I think it was like uh yeah, but this was this was end of the game. This was last second. So you have 51 seconds on the clock and you run the ball on third and one. And then you you go for your field goal with 18 seconds left when you have to get a touchdown and a field goal to win the game. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why you're running the ball with no timeouts at 51 seconds on a third and one. Because they they lost 30 seconds getting their field goal unit out there to get that field goal at 18 seconds. And then they try a, a you know, a, a onside kick. And even if they got the onside kick, they would have had like three seconds to go take a shot at the end zone. Right, at least you have a Hail Mary chance. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you got to get the onside kick too, but I just, I, I think it's, I think it was horrible play calling there. Would you have 51 seconds left? You can easily get, four plays if you play it right i mean i think the biggest issue with the rams to be honest i think it's a lot more than just play calling dude because i mean they're getting blown out dude they yeah. lost to tennessee 2016 they lost to san francisco 31 10 they lose the green bay 36 28 like you said it was honestly worse than 36 28 like they really had no chance to even yeah. come back in that game um and then well, if you look if you look at the teams they want, they've beaten though, like they're not good. Honestly, their only good wins are Indy, and that was Indy when when uh, Carson Wentz fucking he was it only is, on his second week. He didn't even have a preseason. It is double totally uh, twisted ankles. Double tw- totally different team, dude. Yep. And then Tampa Bay, that's their only other good win, dude. I would other put than Tampa that Bay as their only good win. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at it like that, yeah. And then all the other teams they've beaten, Chicago, Seattle, New York, Detroit, Houston. I mean, we're talking teams that won't make the playoffs, dude. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And they've got a tough schedule coming up. They've got well, – At least they get Jacksonville They get up. Jacksonville next week, which is going to be nice. But then they got Arizona. you got Seattle, which is going to be a fighting chance. You've got Minnesota, which is going to be a fighting chance. I think it depends how bad Dalvin Cook is hurt. Um, you've got Baltimore, which is going to be tough. You got San Francisco, which is going to be tough. So there's a good chance they might not make the playoffs, dude. They'll make the playoffs. They'll they'll be a wild card, but I I think they're going to be second wild card. I think Niners are easily going to catch up to them. Um, 
Well, the Niners are right there. Yeah, Niners are what one game back now? Yeah, one game back now. Yeah. So they're playing way better football than the yep. Rams are at this point. Yeah. It's it, and I think part of the problem is they don't have a rush. Uh you know, a rushing threat there. Um, you know, the injuries definitely hurt, but Anderson Jr., he's had one game. Okay, so he's had his high is 90 yards per game or 90 yards a game. Today he had 55 week before versus San Francisco. He had 31. Yeah, they like can't run the ball for though. shit, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, if you need that top level offense to, or sorry, top level rushing to improve that offense. And like, yeah, you've got cup, you've got Van Jefferson, you've got woods, you've got OBJ now. No more woods. Oh, he's out for the season. He's huh? out for the season. Yeah, he's out for the season. Um, but like you have that pass threat, but it I mean, there there is teams are also like the, triple teaming Cooper Cup now. Yeah, I mean there's gonna be a Stafford team to throw on, elsewhere. Yeah, there's gonna be a double team on every single play because you don't have to worry that Henderson Jr. is gonna go crazy. So yeah. I mean it's it's gonna be tough sledding for the next, you know what six weeks that they ha- that we have left because you've got some great defenses coming up and it's it's not looking good not looking good at all all right let's preview this monday night football game real quick so what do you think about this game washington versus <laughs> seattle washington is a plus one underdog right now they're the dog yep at home against seattle you know what's your What's your thoughts on this game so far? I mean, I think right it's going to be like a another Sunday night football game. I think it's going to be a boring football game. Come um, on, man. Don't say that about our football team. I think it's going to be a boring football game. Um, uh, yeah, Washington's I, I, exciting to watch, dude. Because Taylor Heineke, he's, say what you want about him. I agree with you. I don't think he's like a future quarterback. But that dude goes out there and he lays it all out on the line. Dog. Like he He'd be diving for first downs. He'd be trying to throw it into tight windows. Like he goes out there and tries to win the fucking football game. Yep. And they're and coming off played two huge wins. Two huge wins. They're playing a lot better now. And that's after the bye week too. So maybe they got something figured out. 86%. Of the tickets are on Seattle right now, dude. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It makes me want to go put in a Washington bet right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think Washington's going to win this game. I definitely do. Um, and especially, what's the what was the spread? One? One. one. Washington plus one right now. Yeah. So you probably get better odds on money line. So definitely take money line there. Um, but... I mean, they can definitely do it the way Seattle's been playing. Seattle's defense has been horrible. Seattle's offense has been horrible. Um, I mean, you still got to worry about that rust to DK, that rust to Ty Lockett threat. That's the one. That's the one concern. That's the one thing about this matchup that is weird, because Washington has been one of the worst teams defensively on third down, third and long, and Seattle has been the worst team on third and long offensively. So it's like a counter opposite of strength and weakness right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the reason why I think this is going to be a boring game. Um, so I think it's going to be like, a, I think it's going to be an exciting game, dude. This is going to be against two bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, definitely going to watch. Um, but uh, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily excited about it. I think we've we had a ton of better matchups, and you know this could have been a great matchup. Listen to this right here, Ben. Last year, Seattle offense third and fourth down passing, 29th DVOA. Washington <laughs> defense third and fourth down passing, 32nd DVOA. <laughs> Yikes. so literally like a counter opposite of like best and worst dude yeah or worse and worse i mean what um what about on the the opposite way what's uh where's washington on third and fourth down compared to washington offense compared to seattle defense so washington third and long they're better than they are third and short to be honest which hmm. is which is pretty strange seattle's defense third and short second Seattle third and long 14th. Okay. So definitely give the edge there to Seattle. Now you give it to Washington a little bit. Seattle second against third and long. Third and short. Short and short. 14th. Where, what numbers? You didn't tell me the ranks. You just said that they're better against. So Washington's offense third and short 21st. Seattle defense second. Third and long Washington offense, 14th, Seattle defense, 14th. 14th, okay. So it's kind of a wash there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably a one-point spread. It'll be interesting. Probably about, about right in the way that these things look. Um, yeah, no, this is a pretty even matchup, dude. It's really yeah. – uh, really, you're, you're talking Washington at home. I think that's a difference, dude. Yeah. Well, and, and how Washington's played these last two weeks. I mean, beating the Panthers, you know, by six, beating the Bucks by 10, like that, they're going to be on a high and they're going to be, they're going to be wanting to continue that role. So. Yep. I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's fair to, uh, to go with Washington there. All right, let's hop into our top five teams of the week. So last week, Ben, you had uh, Arizona, number one, Green Bay, number two, Baltimore, number three, Kansas City, number four, Dallas, number five. I had Cardinals, number one, Kansas City, number two, Green Bay, number three, New England, number four, Baltimore, number five. I know you had some switch up. I had so, some changes. Yep. Uh, let's hear, some let's hear what your t- changes are. All right. So uh, my number five spot is changing. Um, I am going to kind of move things around and i'm gonna i'm gonna give a two-way tie here um two-way tie man we don't do ties here dog. a tie Flip for a number coin. five a tie for number five my tie for number five is going to be the 49ers and the tampa bay bucks niners are on a incredible drive right now they've won the last two games which i did not expect them to win whatsoever um the you know, you you've swayed me into this last week's win, um, but uh, but you know previously I did not see them getting the W there, um, and I'm gonna have the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, they are you know the the past Super Bowl champs for a reason. Um, they've won two straight. I thought today's game was a big win for them going against the Colts, um, but they're losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to, which is why I'm gonna keep them at number five. Um, and and not go any higher there. I know they have a better record than the Niners do, but at this moment, the way that these teams are playing, I'm going to give them a, a, a tie for number five. Number four, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Uh, they did have the bye week there, so I'm not going to change their spot up. Um, oh, he finally he finally leaves a team alone on their bye week. <laughs> I did leave. I, I left two teams alone on their bye weeks this week. So 
Um, I, I'm going to leave Kansas City at four. Uh, Mahomes is Mahomes. And, uh, and the way that they've been playing recently is, is great. Um, my number three last week was Baltimore. They are off the list. They did get the win today, but uh, man, that was an atrocious, absolutely atrocious win. Um, you can't have your QB throwing three straight interceptions. You can't have them throwing four, you know, in the, in the game, they got, uh, they got two turnovers and weren't able to do anything on it because they intercept, they threw an interception there. Um, so we're going to go with the Pats at number three. Um, as much as I hate to say it, their defense is uh, elite. And, um, and Mac Jones has been really impressing me. Absolutely impressing me. He's been one of the best QBs, you know, of the, of the year. And as much as I didn't want the Niners to get him, um, the way that he's been playing really shows that he should have been a top pick. Um, I think it's a, a different situation, which the Niners didn't get him, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how Trey Lance goes in the long run. Number two, I'm going to stay with green Bay. Um, got a huge win, um, huge win today. And uh, you know, really is a, a team that really pushes the, uh, you know, pushes the boundaries there with that elite offense. Um, Aaron Rodgers looking great. A.J. Dillon looking great. Devontae Adams, great. They have a, a great secondary core in Lazard and uh, Valdez Scanling, um, you know, and their wide receivers there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep them at number two. And number one's not changing, Arizona. Um, they're going to be getting back Hopkins and, uh, and Kyler this week, and it's going to be deadly again. Yep. So I only have one change in my top five and that's at number five. And as I took out Baltimore and put Tampa there. And the big reason is, is because Baltimore hasn't been playing good. And although they won, I think that's more a detriment to how bad Cleveland is than to how good Baltimore is. And it's surprising because Baltimore is the number one team in the AFC right now. Like if, if the season were to end, they're the number one seed. Yep. But I mean, like, they're lucky they played Chicago, right? Like, Chicago doesn't look good. They look like they're stumbling. I mean, this goes back to the quarterback talk. Like, there's just so many bad to mediocre teams. It's, it's tough to really get a read on who's great and who's not. Yeah. So I'm going number five, Tampa. Number four, staying the same, New England. Agree with you. Top five defense, DVOA. Mac Jones doing his thing. But because my other top three teams didn't lose or didn't play, nothing's going to change. So Green Bay, number three, Kansas City, number two, Cardinals, number one. Mm -hmm. Matt rounds out my top five. Nice. And then you could, you could have the Bengals right behind. You could have Baltimore in that running. I mean, there's a ton of teams you could have from like six to ten. Yeah. Yeah, the middle the middle of the NFL this year, Ben, is just so fucking close. Huge. Yep, it's absolutely huge. But let's get let's take a break. Let's get a word from one of our taproom sports affiliates. We're gonna hop back in here. We're gonna talk some Major League Baseball. We're gonna talk some uh, LeBron James. We got a we got a couple other things to talk about. So we'll be back. Oh yeah, stay with us. Stay locked in. Let's go. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. 
Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, we are back. And if you want to hear us talk more about football, make sure to check out APR <laughs> dropping on Thursday. Uh, we'll be looking over each and every single game of week 13. It's going to be a good one. But it's time to get back to beer. Uh, we uh, we promised that we were going to do some holiday beers on here. So it is time for our holidays. These are going to be uh, either uh, winter seasonals or, you know, for Christmas themselves. Um, we had some great first beers, and uh, I'm stoked about these next beers i'm stoking about mine and yours sounds really interesting so tell me about yours yeah this one definitely sounds interesting that's a a, a word i guess to describe <laughs> it this is a newtopia cider chai me a river this is a mexican hot chocolate version so it's a hard cider dry spice with cinnamon chilies and cacao 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 you talked uh, about cacao earlier i did um this so this is out of san diego california so interested to taste this one this one literally like the smell of it the aroma is like a atomic hot fireball candy from like when we were kids in the 90s dude like that was the first thing i smelled in it you know i'm gonna ask you the question what what's the percentage oh this is a five or 6.5 so not too heavy so a little bit, a little bit lighter than your, uh, than your last one there. Yeah, a little That's bit, for sure. just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Need I'm a actually going to bottle of water for that other one. There we go. There we go. Uh, I'm going with a, uh, you know, a Christmas beer. Uh, this is called Dude, Where's My Sleigh? And uh, this is another brewing company out of uh, San Diego. This is Green Flash Brewing Company. Um, I am trying Green Flash again. The first Green Flash I didn't have, or I. I, I had, I didn't like, um, but uh, I can't give up on a brewery. So I'm going back to Green Flash. Um, the, the IPA that I had was just way too incredibly hoppy and way too high of a percentage for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, didn't like that, but I'm still going back because taste changed. That was a while ago. And, um, you know, here we are. So we're going with uh, the Dude Wears My Sleigh. Um, this is an ale and uh, it's a holiday ale and it's coming in at 6%. It talks about uh, rich caramel, chocolate, and toffee notes with hints of cinnamon and clove. Um, so I'm I'm excited about this one. It's got a it's got fun can art with Santa and an elf on the front, um, with uh, his sleigh flying away. So nice. Looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Hell yeah, dude! I love the name of that beer. Yeah, and the can art was dope too. So that's a good one. I mean, it, looking it makes forward sense to hearing with my uh, my. Uh, uh, fantasy football name of dudes dude where's my car c-a-r-r so <laughs> like it. clever dude clever like it. all right let's talk about some uh major league baseball so earlier this week the hall of fame nominee nominee list came out uh for the first ballot people that are eligible for their first ballot so one thing that really you know 
I shouldn't say stood out to me this time, but it stood out to me since the guy was eligible is Barry Bonds. Yep. You know, he's one of the greatest players in Major League Baseball history, in my opinion. A guy that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, who knows if he'll get in there. This is his last chance. So, you know, do you think that he'll get in there, Ben? He definitely should. Um, I mean, he, he, he brought baseball to the forefront with his home run race. Um, and, you know, it was, it was him, McGuire, Sosa. And, you know, if it wasn't for those three, I don't think baseball would be where it is today. So I definitely think he deserves to be in. Whether he's going to get in or not, to be honest, I'm not too sure. I'm a little worried. I'm definitely a little worried because we've got four guys here who are on their 10th year who are all somewhat within the, you know, PED, you know, uh, uh, talks in the, in the newspapers for it. We've got Schillings, Bonds, Clemens, and Sosa on year 10. And if you let one in, I think you have to let all of them in. And, you know, Schilling had what 71% of uh, votes last year. Bonds and Clemens both had uh, just over 61%. And you had Sosa who was down at, 17 percent so of anyone i don't out of those four i don't think sosa gets in but bond and bonds deserves to get in his i mean his numbers say it all i mean he almost had three thousand games he almost had ten thousand at bats um you know 762 homers almost two thousand rbis and almost 2600 walks to, so guy, to do everything with walking the, that, that many guy leads times. the major leagues in walks. Yeah, to do to do get all of those numbers, almost three thousand hits, with almost two thousand walks, or sorry, with almost twenty six hundred walks. Like he deserves to be in almost a three hundred batting average over his lifetime too. Yeah, man, he should. Now Bonds definitely deserves to be in there without a doubt. Best baseball player, like I said. Best baseball player I've ever seen with my own two eyes. That's I mean, bad. I've never seen a guy get walked with the bases loaded before. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Like, that doesn't happen very often, but that's who he was. And even, I mean, there's no proof that he ever took steroids, like zero. Yeah. He never failed a drug test. He never, he's only, he's only been accused, dude. And in this country, yeah. it's always about um, guilty until proven innocent. But I mean, innocent until innocent proven guilty. Supposed eleven point seven again to you. But <laughs> you know, in this situation, it's guilty till proven innocent. And just because yep. he hit a ton of home runs, everyone was like, he took steroids. Like that's how it was. Well, it was how he looked when he was a rookie versus how he looked ten years into his career. But but who cares? He could have lifted weights, dude. Like people's yeah, muscle, just, people grow into their bodies and shit. Yep. Absolutely. There's no proof that he took steroids yeah. ever. Yeah. No, it even went to the courts. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, here we he, are trying to screw him over every fucking year yeah. and not allow him to get in. Honestly, I have a little bit of hope this year that he will get in only because I think that, you know, the whole steroid era of baseball is starting to come into focus where, like, you know, people. I, I don't mean to be like 
um, like inconsiderate or whatever because people did die from taking steroids but it was like younger kids taking steroids Mm -hmm. but like steroids is really just to recover your muscles it's like a medicine and they use it in like professional medical use you know what i mean like they use people died in baseball because of bonds clemens sosa possibly mcguire using steroids though so i mean they were the face of steroids if there were well they were the face of steroids but it was because a couple kids died of steroids taking them in high school and shit yeah and that's what brought us to the forefront but it's like they're like high school kids shouldn't be taking steroids dude and i agree uh, completely agree but like it's still a medical practice like people still give steroids different all kinds of steroids like they're beneficial in the medicine world to some some extent just not how some people use them you know what i mean um so i think there was like this like dark era where it was like oh you took steroids you're a bad person but really i think everybody was taking steroids you know yeah or like 90 percent of the people and i mean baseball was better bro like I hate to say it, but it was. Yep. So I got to ask, we've got a list of 12 first time, first time ballots. Um, we've got A-Rod, Ortiz, Teixeira, Rollins, Crawford, PV, Morneau, Fielder, Nathan, Lincecum, Papelbon, Prasinski, and Howard. Who out of those do you think are guaranteed first ballot? None of them. Oh, come on. Alex Rodriguez should be first ballot, but he won't because of the steroid, not only allegations, but he was caught using steroids. Yeah. So that's obviously going to hurt him. Um, David Ortiz, as good as he was, dude, like he was just a DH and great DHs. They've been known not to let in like, um, um, what the fuck's his name from the Seattle Mariners, dude, they're a great DH. I have his fucking bobblehead behind me somewhere. Oh my god, what's his name? Ben Edgar Martinez. Okay. Yep. He got in, but it took him like three tries. They don't really let in DHs in their first ballot. So I don't honestly I don't think anybody is getting in on the first ballot this year. Oh, I think you've got at least two, in my opinion. Um and, and part of that is because I think you're going to see Don't tell Bond's- me Tim Lincecum either. No. No, I don't think Tim Lincecum is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, first ballot, not not just. Yeah, I don't think Tim Lincecum is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I know, but who do you think is a first ballot Hall of Famer yeah. here? For my first ballot Hall of Famers, I think you could go. I think you could probably just go with two, maybe three here. Um, no way. Who? I think you could go A-Rod and I think you could go Ortiz. Um, well, A-Rod should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, hands down. Dude. Well, and I, I think part of the reason is because we've got 30 people on the ballot this year. We're likely going to get 10 people in. So I, I think you could have A-Rod on the ballot. Uh, or A-Rod as this first year. And I think you could have Ortiz. Last year we only had like six guys get in, though. Yeah, but that was low. That was definitely low for for what we had you know, in previous years. So I think I think you'll at least get two here. I think you're going to get Aaron, and I think you're going to get Ortiz. Um, I, I think we could definitely get probably three or four of these players within later years. Um, I think you can get Teixeira. I think you can get um, 
Prince Fielder, I think you can get AJ Przezinski. No, there's no way. Prince Fielder is not a Hall of Famer. He's not even a Hall of Famer. No, I don't think he's ever going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. AJ Przezinski, I don't think is a Hall of Famer. AJ Przezinski had great years with the White Sox, which I think is is how he he eventually gets in. No, he didn't have enough years years with San Francisco. Um, but he he also won, didn't he win? Two championships? No, he won one championship with the White Sox. Okay. He wasn't uh, part of the the Giants teams? No. Nah. Okay. He was on the Giants in the beginning of his career. And I was before he this man won a World Series in 05, dog. That was like the middle of his career. Um yeah, man. I, I literally the only two Hall of Famers I see. He was in the Giants for a year. Wow. Yeah, he, he came up in their organization. I thought he was on the Giants for a lot longer than here. I think A-Rod's a Hall of Famer. I think Ortiz will definitely be a Hall of Famer at some point. I think Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's a case to be made for Tim Linscum, but you got to remember Tim, that the yeah. baseball the baseball Hall of Fame, like they don't just take into consideration your prime years, like the, the years you were good. They take into consideration like your entire career. Yeah, and in his last – two three years were not good and his first two years weren't that good sure so decent he had like three to four solid years where he was great phenomenal yep but that's it and so i think that's gonna hurt him he could potentially he could get in at some point i just don't think he's gonna get he's definitely not getting in the first year yeah i think the only first ballot hall of famer is alex rodriguez but they're not gonna let him in because of the steroid use yeah. And because he was actually get, proved, like he actually failed drug tests, you know what I mean? I think you're going to get Ortiz in there because of his duration within the I league. Don't I think see you're going to get Ortiz in there because of his uh his on and off the field. Um, if Ortiz played in the field for sure, but because he was a DH dude, I just I don't see him getting in. Yeah. If I do think he's a Hall of Famer and, and I hate that there's this like first ballot hall of famers there's like the special tier and then there's like you know i think you're either hall of famer or you're not and it yeah. should be voted on as so like all right is the guy a hall of famer yes or no like why do we have to wait till the guy's last year of eligibility to be like all right now we can let him in like he wasn't a first ballot hall of famer he wasn't that good yeah. he was good enough to be a 10th ballot hall of famer yeah like i hate that either you're a hall of famer or you're not and I think a lot of these guys can't are Hall of Famers, but because of the way they vote, there's no way David Ortiz is getting voted first ballot. Yeah. Well, Maybe because he's a member of the media. But I would be shocked, dude. I would be absolutely shocked, dude. Okay, so give me five or six players you think are going to be we'll, – we'll go six because of how many we had last year. Give me six players you think are making the – the hall of fame this year i don't think six players are making the hall of fame this year i think it's no? gonna be less yeah i think we're i think we may see barry bonds we should see barry bonds we should see roger clemmings those two should be absolute fucking hall of famers we should see alex rodriguez but honestly i don't even know if they'll vote any of these guys in this year dude we could see a hall of fame vote with nobody being voted in 
And that's why that's why I think this is the best year for Bonds to go in, dude. Like this could very well yeah. be the year. He's only, you know, 14% behind. He only needs a few more ballots to flip. Yeah. And this is a year where like, you know, old old timers, the dudes that are about to like retire and not have Hall of Fame votes or the dudes that you know, been alive since the 30s. They could be like, you know what? Like, there's no one else on this list that's a Hall of Famer, and Bonds yeah. definitely should be, and Roger Clemens definitely should be. So I'm gonna vote them on. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm say glad. honestly, Ben, I'm just gonna say four Hall of Famers voted in this year. Okay. Honestly, I would set the over under there. If we were putting a wager on this, I would set the over under at four. Okay. And who, are you, four. who are your four? Uh, Bonds, Clemens. Schilling, even though he's a fucking piece of shit, and Alex Rodriguez. Those are the guys I think should be voted in this year. Okay. Um, I like your four. I'm going to add two more here. I'm going to add Manny Ramirez. Um, and oh, yeah. Man Ram should be in there, too. You're right. Manny should definitely be, be in there. And probably Scott Rowland. No. Ah, uh, maybe. No. Nah. nah. I, I'm gonna say nah. Scott Rowland's gonna be in there as well. Nah. I think Ortiz and and A Rod are gonna be on the bubble there. Same with Tashera. I think he can be on the bubble. Nah, Tashera definitely not getting in this year. He was like a he was a good player. I don't think he'll I, be a first ballot to be honest, but I think he could be. He'll be bubbled. I think he'll be in that forty percent range probably. Damn, bro, you be giving dudes some ultra love, Ben. I guess so. Some guess average so. dudes. All right, let's talk about some MLB free agent signings. So, we've had some guys, uh, some big names that we talked about in the beginning sign, you know, as of today. And mm-hmm. even um, the Mets signed uh, Scherzer today, reportedly. The details They're- haven't been released yet. They're not no, it's just it's that they're close. They haven't signed him yet. That they're they're close, but I no, they said they agreed on terms. Reports I don't know are. where you were what you were looking at. I did not JP JP Morosi reported it. Passan didn't. Passan said they were close. Rosenthal said they were close. Yeah, but Morosi's like the MLB insider, he said Max Scherzer and the Mets are close to finalizing a multi-year are deal. close to finalizing, yeah. A multi-year deal, which is reportedly around $45 million per year. Which it's is... It's got to be like two or three max. Which is stupid. Yeah, that's insane. $45 million for Scherzer is stupid. Well, let's, So let's talk about the Mets first. So they signed Marte for four seventy-eight. Marcana for two years, twenty-six million. Eduardo Escobar, two years, twenty million. I mean, what do you think about what what the Mets are doing early on? I mean, they're trying to make a move. They're definitely trying Steve to make Cohen a move. Steve Cohen out here yep. trying to trying they're to win. Have dog. A hell of a, a luxury tax. That's for damn sure. Um, especially if they sign Scherzer. But I mean, it it you know it definitely is a you know win all year for them, and I. I understand why you've got a new owner coming in. You've got uh, a team that way underperformed last year. And I'm sure a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of people are questioning what is what's actually going on in baseball right now and or not in baseball, but in, in Mets baseball right now, um, they've got, uh, you know, uh, in, in my opinion, a fairly easy division. I think you've got the Phillies and the Braves there, but I don't think Marlins are going to be making a push. I don't think the nationals are going to be really making a push. Um, they'll want to, but I don't think they're at that level. Um, well, I think the NL East does a good, good point you bring up, but I think the NL East is a little bit tougher than you think because, the Nationals have the best player in baseball. Yeah, but they arguably. don't have any pitching. They don't have anything to surround Soto. They have decent pitching, though. They have Patrick Corbin, who is NL Cy Young runner-up. Okay, where's their depth? You can't just uh, blend with one pitcher. I mean, they got young guys. That's that's what they're really banking on. I mean, I trust me, dude. I think they're a little far off, too. But I mean, there's still free agents out there and moves to be made. Yeah. And then the Braves won the World Series. Yeah. You know, without and they're basically going to return without. Yeah, uh, they're going to be returning the same guys plus plus their other guys that they were missing. Yeah. And then the Phillies were. I mean, they weren't far behind. They just got a little. They got to do a little bit of tweaking, and they have the MVP. Yeah. I mean, I don't. So I think I don't this. Think... Divi- I think that's why the Mets are going out and spending money because this is a tough division, dude, and it's going to be a tough division. Well, and I think they're a little embarrassed too from last year. They were supposed to be one of the top teams in the divi- in the division, you know, fighting with Atlanta, and they were not. They looked like a joke at a lot of times. They had players who were flipping off their fans. They had, uh, you know, a pitching staff who wasn't all there. Um, you know, it was their bats did not show up. They just spent a shit ton of money on Lindor and look what he did. Um, so I think they need to surround him with, with players and that's what they're trying to do. I mean, they're definitely going to be putting a push for the division. Um, you know, Arte was a great signing dude. He he even went to where I predicted. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, you know, a, a, different Mets team I don't think it's going to be a different Braves team I don't think it's going to be a different Phillies team so you know hopefully they can put things together they're still missing a lot on the pitching staff but if they do sign Scherzer for stupid money then that you know that kind of takes over Stroman's spot but was is that enough for their pitching staff to you know to to go against no, they're still the gonna need teams? like one more guy yeah I mean, honestly, if you just got guys that can eat innings in the regular season, then you have one or two solid starters and then a deep bullpen, you can make a playoff push. Yeah. That's what we saw this year. I mean, the Braves only had like two good starters. Well, they were supposed to have three. Soroka got hurt, but. Yeah, but they won the World Series with like, yeah. like no, two yeah, you're good starters, right. dude. Yep. Absolutely right. And they had a deep pull. Yep. So it's like, as long as you got a deep bullpen and you got an offense. I can like score runs. That's all you really need. True. Very so, true. so what do you think are, give me your three best free agent signings so far. Or, or I shouldn't say best. Give me your three most surprising. Okay. Uh, three surprising. I'm going to go first with Gosman. Uh Five years for 110 million, I think is insanity. Um, you know, he's 31, 32, and you're looking at uh, him going for another five years. 
when he career was, jag dude you know mediocre before he got to the giants the giants really made him into the pitcher that he's getting this money for um i think it's a great signing for gosman i think it's a horrible signing for the blue jays um you know it, it does put their window to two years maybe um in my opinion but you know the the loss of simeon who's one of my surprises um, is is going to be huge. Uh, they do nope. still have Bichette and Vlad Guerrero. Um, so still a blow to the offense for sure. It is a huge blow to the offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fill that hole. Um, but so, yeah, I'm going to go one Gosman. I'm going to go two with uh, Marcus Simeon. Um, he, I mean, he bet on, bet on himself this last year with a one-year $18 million contract which he passed on with the A's um and man did he make his money um seven years 175 million dollars uh signing with Texas I don't think it's the right move for him but uh it's definitely the right move for his bank account and (laughs) it's um I mean he he definitely just went for the money in in this signing and I think that really shows I think Texas can no I don't think Texas can continue this year. They did just pick up John Gray, but I don't, I don't think it's enough. I think they need two or three, four more pieces to actually make them a contending team in that division. Um, yeah. That's going to yeah. be tough. And then uh, my last surprise is going to be Wanda Franco. Um, Terrible. What a stupid, stupid, stupid contract. Um, so it's 11 years, 183 million. There's an option for the 12th year, um, which jumps it up to like, what 223 um yeah but i mean this kid just basically sold away his future for 17 million i think um it's the same shit that madison bumgarner did early on in his career like he was a cy young award candidate and he signed like an early seven-year deal because they like it banks so like in case they get hurt or whatever like they're still gonna get paid for like 10 years or whatever yeah so i get the benefits from that point but it's like dude this kid is supposed to be one of the top shortstops in the next three or four years yeah and he's making half of what a top shortstop is making now so yeah. what he's gonna be making a, a third of what they're making in four to five years i mean it's great for the race absolutely great for the race they're gonna be laughing their ass off when they see well, when they see those contracts that they're going to sign, yeah, he's going to be laughing their ass off. Well, I mean, look at Simeon. They're going to be laughing their asses off. Well, Simeon got seven, 175. So I can't imagine that, like, um, you know, Correa, Javier Baez, and all those guys are, are going to be. I, I have a feeling we're going to start to see some. A lot of guys start to sign now, dude. Well, like Simeon's got... still making what twenty-five mil a year. That's a hell of a lot better than the seventeen that uh, Franco is going to be getting. Yeah, and then, but I'm saying, like, as far as like Correa, Seager, those guys are concerned. I think we're going to see them start to fall now because if Simeon's getting twenty-five mil, those guys are going to get like thirty to like forty million a year. Oh yeah, it really depends on the length. Um, and then I think I think we're gonna to start to see I and mean, with Gaussman, I think we're gonna to start to see like Robbie Ray fall, especially with the Scherzer deal coming down. because Robbie Ray is a Cy Young award winner this year. So yep. you know, imagine if Max Scherzer gets 45 mil and Gaussman got, you know, what's he getting? 22. 22 million a year. Yep. 
So, I mean, he's going to want like 27 to 30 million a year, dude. Yep. I think Robbie Way will definitely be pushing 30 million. It's going to be crazy, bro. Yep. Um, Any surprises other than those three so far? Uh... No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with what you said about Franco. I absolutely agree with um, with the other parts. The only thing I would add is, you know, Seattle trading for Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier is a guy that was on their radar before he was traded to San Diego Padres. They made yep. an offer for him, couldn't get him. However, Adam Frazier was a all-star first time last year and an all-star before he was traded to the San Diego Padres. He extremely cooled off on the Padres, yeah. dude. Well, the a Padres team with a better old, offense, but better offense, dude. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot better protection in that in that lineup. So and, and we're talking a guy that, you know, career-wise isn't, like, you know, a stud by any means necessary. So I don't know how good Seattle's expecting him to be, mm-hmm. per se. I think that this does open the door for San Diego to go make a move for Robbie Ray because that's $10 million that, you know, they were going to spend potentially on Adam Frazier this year that they could put towards a big contract now. And they desperately need pitching. You know, their pitching got hurt last year. It was a huge weakness of theirs, Ben. So I could definitely see them going out and getting uh, Robbie Ray now. They've got a lot of pitchers on contract, though. They do, but they got a lot of injured guys. Well, yeah, but which will be coming back next year. And then it just allows you to trade some guys for other pieces. You know what I mean? Um, Other than that, you know, I'm not really surprised by – by much so far i'm kind of surprised that carlos correa wasn't the first domino to fall mm-hmm. i'm surprised it was marcus Semien. well I, I hear we have a lot of lot coming out by wednesday by the first which uh i mean tonight we had a ton of new, like a, a free agent signings and a ton of news coming out uh, on sunday yeah. here um so i think the the you know the pillars are starting to fall um, and I think I, I was reading that Korea does want a contract before December 1st. Um, you know, I think, you know, we'll see that Scherzer contract probably in the morning. He wants to buy Christmas gifts, bro. There we go. Yeah. Um, we'll probably, once Korea goes, we'll probably see Seeger go. Um, Trevor then we'll Story, probably see Story go. Yeah. Chris Bryan, I think, is going to go quick too. Um, I think he's going up to Seattle from what I've been reading. Um, so. It's going to be interesting. Damn, Giants are content on not being good next year, huh? Giants are pushing for a lot of pitchers this year. so But they but they let the one they had in their arms go. Yeah, but I also wouldn't have paid $22 million for five years of Gosman. No, nah, I told you that they weren't going to re-sign it because yeah. he was going to get coined like that. They did. That's not, uh, that's not Zaidi's MO, dude. Yeah. From what I was reading, uh, so they did resign Discalfini, and I think they resigned Wood, or they're going to resign Wood. So they're still going to have some holes, but it's not going to be as deep of holes uh, in the pitching staff there. I don't think Wood is the answer, but he can be a number five. Uh, they, they resigned the Jags of the Jags. Yeah, on that I think we team. have our, I think we have our one, four, and five, and I think we need a two, three right now. But I think they're also banking on their farm system, dude. Yeah. We, but we don't have starting pitchers within our farm system. We need uh, – Not I because think, you still have Tyler Beatty, who is like – what? I mean, what's up with him? Like, Yeah, I think he's relief, though. 
I don't but think he was like a, a top prospect, dude. Yeah, I think he's he's moved into that kind of relief role. So that's tough. We're, I mean, we're, yeah, we're sure we're for sure signing a big free agent pitcher. I don't know who, but we'll for sure sign one. Um, but I mean, uh, they should just call up Oakland, dude, and trade for some of those guys because there we go. Fire sale happening in Oakland, dog. Yep. Facts. I heard. I heard they put in a bid on a uh, on Las Vegas land. So, hopefully, bro, it's yep. time. It's time. All right, it's that time. It's not that time yet. It's not that time, but it's time for the five minute clinic. So, if you're new to this show, this is a segment where we spend five good minutes on one topic. And this week, we got an interesting topic, Ben. We got my favorite, one of my favorite players of all time, LeBron James. He's been going through it. You're 19, dude. It's 37 yep. years old. You know, he's had some injuries this year. He comes back, gets suspended for accidentally hitting Isaiah Stewart. You can <laughs> for hitting Isaiah Stewart. And then all the all the crazy shit. The second melee in the palace almost went down. Yep. It was wild. And then Later on in the week, he's playing on Wednesday night. He's playing against the Indiana Pacers, and he gets two fans kicked out. And he's, you know, later on, it's reported from somebody that was in attendance that these two fans were wishing that Bronny died and basically saying, I hope your son dies in a car accident, whatever. LeBron was really upset. So, you know, what do you think about what's going on with my guy LeBron this week? Yeah. Well, I mean, he also had the obscene gesture, fine, which... Uh, oh, yeah, the big balls. Grabbing his, grabbing his balls, yep. Um, he got uh, a warning for profanity in, uh, you know, for saying that this, the suspension was some bullshit, which, yeah, all of these, I'd say, is not really a big deal. Oh, and then he had uh, Donald Trump Jr. T- tweeting him. So Donald Trump Jr. tweeted uh, a picture of... LeBron uh, pointing at the fans with the ref there. He put uh, he put the Karen head uh, or the Karen hair on and said, "Look, Karen wants to speak with the manager." And then not uh, God, not like thirty minutes later, he posts a, a uh, another post that says the same picture, the video of him pointing out the fans to get them kicked out, saying, "Is there a bigger bitch in pro sports than La Snitch?" Um, first off, this dumb fuck. How do you spell LeBron? L E. And uh, every time that uh, he put La Karen and La Snitch, he spelled it L A. So uh, good job there, Donald. Great, uh, great education for you. Um, but uh, you know, it's just—it's it, been a week for him. Um, it's definitely been a week for him. Did LeBron respond to Donald Trump Jr.? He did not, but everyone else did. Um, and everybody else tore him a new one. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm upset that LeBron didn't say anything to him because he should have, dude. He should have, he definitely should have. Um, just like he should uh, say something to Enos Cantor, too, who by the freedom. way is changing him his name to Enos Cantor Freedom Dumb, but my opinion, no, uh, I, I 100% agree <laughs> with you, dude. Yeah, I think Enos Cantor is a fucking clown, dude. He's a legitimate clown. Uh, He's calling out LeBron, and this goes to the LeBron thing, too, because he's literally calling out LeBron, Michael Jordan, Phil Knight, 
but then he walks walks past LeBron and refuses to have a conversation with him man yeah. to man. Yeah. Like that's that's clown shit to me, dude. Like that's using someone else's name to like boost yourself. Period. Yeah. yeah. I mean I agree. I mean what he did to the fans I think was uh was definitely justified if if what they were saying was true. You never you should never wish death upon anyone, especially somebody's kids. And yeah, it's garbage. You know, that was that was absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand why they didn't get banned for life um, from the arena. Uh, but uh, NBA decided that I'm guessing because there was no hard evidence that that's what they said, that they're not banned for life, that they were just kicked out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all he said, she said from that yeah. point. But I mean, LeBron has been in this league for 19 years and we've never seen him that upset. Yeah, ever. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm um, the and one. You know, I... and you know, people talk shit. Oh, absolutely. On yeah. the sidelines, but they're yeah. like, you know, most people have the common courtesy because, like, all right, you know, it's normal to talk shit. Like, LeBron, you suck. Yeah. You know, LeBron, your fucking hairline is looks like fucking Mavericks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, stupid shit. But to wish death upon somebody's fucking kid is absurd, dude. Yeah absolutely and even and, and ben i said this too i was like you know what indiana bunch of fucking honkies out there like they probably dropped the the end bomb yep. and then the nba player later said that like he's heard you know the the end word with the hard r yeah so oh, absolutely plenty that, of times that that wouldn't surprise me at all there's so many ignorant people in this country and I think it's just as bad to wish death upon somebody's kid. Um, that has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. Um, so up, dude, I'm, what it is. I'm fine with him kicking them out. The the one thing I'm not fine with is him not accepting that he hit Stewart in the face. He's calling it was he, unintentional. He though. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like we said last week. And I, I told you he was going to get suspended for this. Granted, it's a game; it's not much. Um, Didn't deserve a suspension, but for him, it was honestly beneficial. Did. He, got he some absolutely rest. did deserve the suspension. He hit him in the face. He drew blood oh, hard. Man. It doesn't matter basketball if it's an intentional. A, basketball's a physical sport, not, though, dude. It, it unintentional doesn't matter stuff if it's happens intentional all the time, or not. He forearmed him to the face. That's what dude, happened. People get. People get it, elbowed it, in the face all the time playing it, basketball as part of the game. And they get suspended because they are no, they, they don't keep their they don't keep their and they don't chop down to get a to get the person off. He he admitted that he chopped down, but he never like admitted that he hit him in the face. He said he grazed his face. I'm sorry, if you graze somebody's face, you aren't drawing blood like that. So do I still think that it was an over-exaggeration on Isaiah Stewart? Absolutely. Um, he should have probably got more than two games. Um, but I, I'm glad LeBron got one. And I would like him to admit that he hit him in the face, not a graze. Because that's bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. I mean, it is what it is. I don't care if he admits it or not. That's the least of my concerns. Least of LeBron's concerns, too. Lakers sure. got a lot of shit that concern. They, they got, got a lot of concerns. A lot of dude. problems right now. Yep. Any other issues before we move to uh, pour me another? 
Nah, man. I mean, like, I just feel like LeBron is definitely in his night. He he's in his nineteenth year. He feels like he's you're a senior in high school, and like you know, you're just over it, and you're just you're like, out. yeah, yeah, you're just ready to like, you're just doing, it. you're just there, dude. I kind of feel like LeBron's in that position now too. Um, it's yeah, dude. It's just weird. It's definitely strange, and it's a lot of crazy shit. It's a lot of crazy shit. Lakers need to get their act together. Yeah. All right, let's move on to form. You know, this, this is our TMZ section of the podcast, as Jordan uh, described it on our first show uh, 67 weeks ago. Um, so this is... 68 we're start, weeks ago. Well, we're on week 68, so it was. Oh, yeah, 67. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so uh, this is going to be, uh, you know, kind of quick hits that we need to talk about, but we aren't going to spend too much time on. Um, and we've got three today. I'm going to add a fourth at the end, so be ready for that. Um, so we got some MLS action. We've got uh, we've got uh, Tuesday Real Real Salt Lake eliminated the MLS Cup favorite Seattle Sounders on PKs after not recording a single shot on net the entire game. Uh, Real Salt Lake beat Sporting Kansas City today two to one. But can you think of a more MLS of a move than winning a game without taking a single shot on goal? And why does the MLS such suck so much? I mean, dude. This is MLS at its best, dude. Like losing a game in which you don't have a shot on goal. That is incredible. That is literally insane. Like if you honestly think about it, and I don't think people can really comprehend how crazy that is. Like they didn't have a single shot on goal and they won the fucking game. That's like scoring in baseball and fucking having an unearned run one nothing. 110 minutes of gameplay. They had the 90-minute game and then two 10-minute overtimes. No shots on goal, and they still won. Insanity. It's it's absolute insanity. And we we talked about this when we, you know, I should say right before we started the show, but we were, like, prepping for the show, and we were talking about the MLS and, like, how good it was for MLS to have the spotlight because they were the only sport playing for the MLS's back tournament in, yep. in July 2020. And I didn't think they really took complete advantage of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it showed and we talked about it like this is a perfect opportunity for them because all eyes are on them for once. Yep. And now all eyes are not on them. And when they are in a playoff game, and you go, a team wins without putting a shot on goal? Yeah. Like, dude, that is embarrassing fucking shit, dude. Yep. 100%. 100%. And it, it, I, I don't want to go on too much, but Ben, this goes back to my point. Like, what is the point of the MLS if, like, these investors don't invest? Like, they at some point, they got to, like, get these top-level talent over here. If they want this league to grow... Don't you well, agree? I I agree, but you can't get top level talent if you don't have the money, and if you don't have the investors, then you don't have the money. So, but I feel like soccer is ever, such a big it's growing be a forever, sport. It's gonna be in a forever second, third tier tier league. No question. It just, it just sucks, dude. Yep. All right. Well, this talking about second tier sport. <laughs> nah, just joking. 
This week, Canada's Minister of Safety announced that Canada will no longer allow unvaccinated amateur and pro professional players to enter the country after January 15th. The Minister of Safety said that the, the decision is due to the quote unquote wide availability of vaccines. Do you think this will have an effect? Do you think this will have any effect on the players deciding to stay unvaccinated, Ben? I mean, it should, because in my opinion, if they're not playing, they shouldn't be getting a game check. Um, you know, and and with the rules that are being set by countries, this is not being set by the NBA. I think that's the way that you can enforce, you know, the the NBA to get that last five percent of basketball players who will have to go and play in Toronto um, to get their vaccine. I think, from what I'm hearing, there's only four players left, maybe only three players left in the NHL that are unvaccinated. Um, so that's not as big of a hit as five percent. But I mean, I still think it's the it's a good push, and I think the leagues can say. If you don't get your vaccine, if you don't play these games, you're not getting a game check. Yeah, that's your choice if you don't want to get paid. But, you know, with some of these players, I think it will push them to go get the vaccine. And, I mean, it's something that they should be. I mean, look, we're getting another variant right now um, that's supposedly more aggressive than Delta. So it's something that needs to be done and needs to be continued. So I'm not surprised that Canada is doing it. I think a big thing too is that you know, with um, with more data comes better decisions, right? And we're mm-hmm. starting to we're starting to see that like you know over ninety percent of the people that are in the hospital are unvaccinated, dude. Yeah. Like this is easily attain- obtainable data. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like this is why these vaccines are being pushed so hard because if hospitals are to the brink of explosion then cities states countries have to mandate things to you know alleviate pressure off the hospitals or else millions of people are going to die you know what i mean like that is why we're in this position this is why it was a pandemic so you know I think that if that data alone doesn't tell people like, oh, maybe I should get vaccinated. Also, hey, guess what? You know, if you're vaccinated, it allows to kill mutations and depreciate or um, restrict mutations. It makes them weaker and weaker if it goes through a vaccinated person. So I'm, I'm just hoping at some point the world wakes up and is like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I get we want to be free. I get we want to do what we want. But, like, you still have to be smart, dude. Just because you want to go see your family in the middle of a pandemic. I wanted to see my family. I sacrificed that shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, why I got my my shot the day I did. And, man, it sucked because guess what I was doing on my birthday? My literal birthday. I was in bed sick after my second shot. But whatever, yeah. I got to see my grandma on, on Easter, and that's what I cared about. So you got to make those sacrifices. Sorry, that was my personal story. All right, 100%. let's move on to our last one. 
Um, we've got uh, LA Angels star Shohei Otani lands on the first and second all MLB team this week, making the first team as a DH and the second as a starting pitcher. Uh, the all MLB team is voted by fans, media, and former players, but do you think this was warranted or just kind of a ploy by baseball? Well, I mean, I, th- I think that Shohei Otani was going to be AL MVP after the first month of the season. It was just oh, yeah. a lose, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and he's good for baseball, dude. Honestly, he really is because he pitches, he hits. And like, if you bought the MLB, the show this year, like this was the first year where like you could actually, you know, be a position player and a pitcher from the, you know, Mike, whatever you want to build your character as. Mm-hmm. It was the first time you could actually be both. And, you know, every kid wants to be a fucking pitcher and a hitter. Like, yeah that's what everybody wants to be just like if everybody could create a basketball player they would be seven feet tall and dribble like uh, a guard and shoot and like steph curry threes yep you know what i mean like that's everybody's my create a player and shohei otani is like that dude right now and yep. so you know it only benefits major league baseball i don't think it's necessarily a ploy by major league baseball but i think that the narrative has been pushed like because I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The dude is really good at both of what he does. Yep. He just, it's just. I think personally, I think that it's too tough to be a great hitter and a great pitcher, and we're seeing it because he gets injured very often. Yeah. Because you just can't do that. Because a lot of these athletes that are in the major league baseballs, like they were the best pitcher on their high school team and they were the best hitter on their high school team. And then if you look at like Buster Posey, for example, he was the best pitcher on his college team and the best hitter on his college team. He played for a fucking Florida state who was in the fucking college world series. You know what I mean? So it's like, once you get to the major leagues, it's like, you just focus on what you're best at and it allows you to be better throughout your entire career. And I think that is the problem with Shohei Otani. Yes, he's a good pitcher. Yes, he's a good hitter. But I think it's going to take a toll on him physically because you just, I don't think you could physically do it at the major league level, Ben. Yeah. At least for long. Yeah. Yeah. I think his, his designated hitter, designated hitter, um, first team was warranted. I don't think his second team as a starting pitcher was warranted. Yeah. When you look at, uh, you look at the list of, you know, the people who were, who were chosen for this team and you're putting Shohei on the pitching level. With second team pitching, which I don't also agree with this one, Julio Urias um, should not have been on second team. Um, he won 20 games. I know. I think he should be on first team. Oh. I don't understand why he's on second team. Um, Who was on the first team? First team starting pitchers were Scherzer, Burns, Bueller, Ray, and Cole. Well, Ray say, won the Cy Young. Yeah, I say take out Garrett Cole and put in. Yeah. Urias, but. Um, but then, so you're putting Shohei with Urias, Gaussman, Freed, and Wheeler. And I don't think he's on that level as a starting pitcher. Um, and I think you could you could likely get, you know, other pitchers that were above him at the pitching level. I mean, you look at all the, the, uh, the, the stats for the major league pitching leaders this year. He is not in war for pitchers. He's not in earned ERA. Pitcher. He's not in wins. He's not in win-loss percentages. He's not in walks uh, and hits per innings pitched. He's not in hits per nine. He's not in bases on, on walks per nine. He's not on strikeouts per nine. He's not on innings pitched. He's not on save. Well, obviously, he's not on saves. He's not even close on games played. 
But that's why if they want him to, if they want him to be an everyday player plus a pitcher, they should honestly just make him a reliever. Yeah. Yep. Like it's just, I don't think he's of that level for a second team All MLB, and I think you took away from a lot of players who were. Yep. I agree. A a player who was. So, all right. And before we get into best bets, I am going to jump in with one thing here. Um, and that was something that happened last night in hockey. Um, and that was the uh, Brendan Lemieux bite on Brady Kachuk. Um, so we had Brady Kachuk come out today and say it was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. Um, this guy, you can ask anyone of his teammates. Nobody wants him to play with him. Nobody want, Nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is bad. This guy and uh, sorry, this guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. First off, what do you think of uh, of the quote? And then secondly, um, should there be major consequences for him for biting another player in a fight? I mean, there should. I mean, that's some big shit, bro, to be, to be completely honest. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me, dude. Like, I don't know. It's like Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield, dude. Like yeah. a professional athlete biting somebody. Like that's kind of crazy, dude. Yeah. It, I'm with you. It looks like he went to bite him twice as well. Um, both on the hand because his hand was in his face. And it's a fight. And they're wrestling on the ground. Yeah, you're going to get hands in your faces. Like it's absolutely ridiculous it was lemieux versus kachuk too um because we had the you know their pops's fight you know 15 years ago but uh i i think he deserves a long suspension for this um this kid lemieux too he's uh the son of claude lemieux not mario lemieux ben yeah claude not related to mario but Still crazy, dude. Like Claude, the old uh, San Jose Shark for a year. Was he on the Sharks? Yep. Damn. Oh, he was on the Sharks for a year. Crazy. Yeah, man, that's crazy shit, man. Any show. National Hockey League. Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's that time of the night. Yes, yes, it's that time for the best bets of the week. Last week, uh, Ben and I both went one and one, so we had a one in one week. I had Giants plus 11 and a half on Monday night, that was an L, and I had Indy Chicago over 102 first half, that was a W. Ben had the Packers minus one and a half. That was a W. And then he had Detroit money line. That was an L. So, Ben, where are we going this week? Where are we going this week? I, I see you got the Cardinals on deck, man. I'm a little nervous. Uh, you're playing the Bears. Don't worry. I'll start with that game. Uh, Cardinals coming off the bye, which I think is going to be a big thing here. Uh, um, and you're getting two of your best uh, best players back on the offensive side. I think that's huge. They'll likely get some defensive player back as well. I haven't looked at the uh, at the lineups yet um, because we are I mean, we're literally a week away. Um, so I'm going to go with Cardinals minus seven here. Um, the Bears stink. Um, even with Andy Dalton in, they were they were good enough to beat Detroit, but that doesn't 
really say anything at all. Um, so I think a touchdown here is is great value. Um, and worst comes to worst, you're going to be pushing here. Um, but I think Arizona takes this easily 13, 14 points here. Um, so we're going to go Arizona Cardinals minus seven. Um, second game I'm going to bet is the Dallas Cowboys over the New Orleans Saints. Um, right now, the opening line is sitting at six. Um, so I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys minus six. Uh, Dallas was... I'd say kind of embarrassed uh, this last weekend losing to the Raiders. Um, they're they were banged up, but um, you know they'll be they'll be getting at least but one of their wide receivers back because they'll be off the COVID list. I don't know if they're gonna have both. They should, right? Cooper is this on Thursday night? Should be back. This is Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, at least Cooper should be back. I don't know about yeah. CD because he had the concussion. Concussion. Yeah. So he. He might be back. Um, either way, I think that that opens up, uh, you know, a, you know, an opportunity. Um, Gallup played great uh, in that uh, that kind of top position, and you know, I think as a number two, he'll be even better there. Um, New Orleans is not good right now either. Um, they've got way too many injuries um, and way too many second and third tier players going right now. Um, so I think this uh, Dallas should easily take this one minus six. Um, so Dallas minus six, Arizona minus seven. Uh, two two home, I mean two road chalk. You got Ben, dude. Minus yeah, six, minus seven me. on the road. Interesting, interesting. I. I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. It's just, uh, that's just the kind of NFL we're in this year, dude. We're like, yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy year football, dude. I mean, taking two road chalk that big, usually you'd be like, dude, that's crazy. But, yep. you know, you're, you are on to something there. We'll talk about more about that on APR too. Yep. But I do like those two best bets, especially because they're look ahead lines. So those lines are probably going to inflate throughout the week i definitely think you're gonna see that i definitely think you're gonna see cowboys go to like minus seven minus seven and a half cardinals will probably stay at like minus seven all week but may go to like seven and a half eight i do do like those early on bets um you know uh my best bets for the week though i'm going watching the football team on monday night against seattle like I said, uh, 80, 81% of the tickets are on Seattle right now. So this is strictly a fate of the public. Uh, Vegas does not lose on Monday night pr- practically ever. Just take a look at, you know, the Titans versus the Rams, uh, the Titans versus the Bills. Those, you know, those teams won outright. So I like Washington here. I don't think that they're necessarily a dog on the at home against Seattle. I think that's kind of a overreaction type line. Yeah. Give me Washington football team money line here. Now I'm gonna take Bulls first half minus two and a half against um, against uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's one of the worst first half teams in the league, dude. They're 30th in uh, points against on in the first half. The Bulls are a good defensive team when when it comes to guarding the perimeter, and that's where New Orleans, I mean, uh, not New Orleans, that's where Charlotte does most of their damage. So give me the Bulls first half, minus two and a half. Oh, yeah. All right, it's been a couple of weeks since we've gone 4-0, so let's do it again. I like let's these, do uh, it. I like these bets here. Um, all right, 
So that was the uh, sports aspect of the podcast. We're going to turn back to the beer. Um, you had the uh, 11.7 no requests as your first Fuck, beer. Man. So tell yeah. me, what'd you, what'd you think of that one? Dude, that one's strong, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine. Yes. Um, it's very thick. Like it's not easy to drink by any stretch. It's definitely like a, a good night beer, mm-hmm. like a beer you have after you eat and you're like ready to, pass out like that's the beard to have dude i'm gonna give it a four out of five like the taste was good it was strong um definitely something i wouldn't drink every day but given the right opportunity i think it is a good beard to have though you know nice like a holiday you know the family's going to sleep winding it with a couple people yeah especially as a 16 ounce can like i'm surprised that came at an 11, seven and a 16. Usually that would be a, you know, a 12 ounce can that you get, but you would hope. Yep. What about beer number two? Uh, so beer number two, this was the cider. This was the Newtopia. This was, this one was good, dude. It reminded me a lot of like fireball, you know, the mm-hmm. fucking whiskey, the yeah. shitty whiskey, um, at least a taste of it. Oh, bless your heart for saying that was shitty whiskey. I'd be mad yeah, if man. you said it was good. Nah, that shit sucks, dude. That shit sucks. And uh, I mean, this pe- this cider wasn't, it didn't suck, dude, but it definitely had that like taste, dude, had that aroma, mm-hmm. everything about it. It took me fucking an hour to drink. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to give it a three, five out of five, just not my cup of tea. Nice. Good. Uh, so my first one that I had, um, I had tonight was the Give Thanks. Um, this was the Alvarado street brewery. Uh, this was the, um, uh, new England hazy. Was it? A new- yeah. Uh, Northeast style, uh, IPA. And, um, this was, uh, this was pretty good. I was a big fan of this one. It had, uh, even though it had 11 different hops in it, it wasn't overly hoppy. It had a good kind of hop balance there. Um, it was definitely bright and crisp. Um, it was very smooth to drink, even though it was a little bit on the thicker side. Um, and at 8%, it didn't seem like it was over the top for me. Um, I don't usually like double IPAs because you get that big, like, yeah. oh, this is 8%. And this one did not a, remind me of 8% at all. This is a loaf of bread. Exactly exactly and this was uh this was not the case so i'm gonna give this one a 4.25 out of five um my second beer which was the dude where's my sleigh um which was the holiday ale this one was a little bit different um i'm gonna give this one a 3.75 out of five it wasn't necessarily my favorite um i drink it again but i don't think i'd go out of my way for it it was uh it was a little smoky it was a little uh it, it, it was kind of on the darker side. And when I think of an ale, I don't necessarily think of the dark ones. I know maybe that's just not, I know there are darker ales than, you know, that is very much a thing, but I don't, I, I just don't necessarily think it's my thing. Um, I think reds are going to kind of be the darkest that I'll go. Um, and this one kind of had a, a little bit smokier, a little bit darker of a, uh, you know, of a, of a taste to it. Um, again, wasn't bad. I drink it again. I drink it on, on tap. I'd love to, um, but uh, wasn't my favorite. So 3.75 sounds just about right for me. Oh yeah, man. 
All right, so that was the podcast. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Uh, we got our sports in. We got our beer in. And now it is time to go. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can check out the Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. You can just check out at with Jordan's, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. We're on Facebook. Just search Taproom Sports Podcast, or you can visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com to find all of our info. Make sure to check us out on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by writer Eddie to talk about the NFL Week 13 coming up. Uh, we're going to review each and every game. We're going to have some uh, a daily fantasy and uh, make some best bets there. Make sure to check out TSP Wagers coming out on Fridays. Uh, we will be back this Friday um, since we don't have a holiday smack dab in the middle. And uh, we look at a, a couple games. We'll probably look at a basketball and a hockey game. We'll make some best bets uh, from the information that is uh, you know out there on the interwebs. And uh, we'll get a three-pint bet, a two-pint bet, and a one-pint bet for each of us. But that's it. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson here with Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's Let's see you next week. That's right. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And the thing that will make them ring as the carol that you sing right within your heart. Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door Sure it's Christmas Oh